Welcome on in to Empower Talks. This is the podcast where we talk about careers with people across the insurance industry. Hello everybody and welcome on in to Empower Talks. This is probably a little bit confusing for you all because at this point you're used to hearing Sam speaking and introducing the fabulous um, interviewee that she has for the day. But this time round, my name is Claire and I will be turning the tables on Sam and going into 2022, uh, this Empower Talks podcast, we will be interviewing Sam and learning a bit about her, her background and how she's got to where she is today with Empower Development. So hi, Sam. Hey, Claire. This, this feels incredibly, incredibly back to front for me, but I'm excited about this episode. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. And I'm actually loving the fact that I can be the one to put these questions to you and put you on the back foot. As you, not that you would do that to any of your guests. <laughs> so I think let us begin. I suppose um, we could start right at the beginning. So you set up Empower Development. How many years ago was that now? Four years. Um, It's easy for me to remember because uh, my eldest is four years old and it was pretty much when she was born. So (laughs) that is a pretty big thing to take on a brand new business and a brand new child all at the same time. How on earth did you come to that decision? You know, it's funny because people often think that as, as you say it but actually I, I found it made it quite a bit easier because I'd been in my old role at, at Liberty for probably about a decade at the time that I was leaving and that was that was scary like leaving the role was scary to set up a business uh, but also having a baby was was scary so I had two big things going on really in my life and that kind of took the pressure maybe off each kind of allowed me to balance the two so I guess what I mean by that is if um you know having a baby wanting to spend lots of time with your newborn is obviously you know part of that natural urge and process but for me I also wanted to start the business and if the business therefore um, was busy and took me away from having the baby that was good in the sense that I was having that success with the business and doing something I really enjoyed but equally if it wasn't that was fine too so it really allowed me to start the business without having any pressure or any targets to set myself and just to kind of take it uh, one day at a time and just just see how it went so it was yeah yeah and like I almost couldn't fail because you know if, if the business wasn't doing anything in that year then that's a year that I was going to spend with my newborn anyway um and if it was then that was a success and I'd you know be able to balance the childcare with um whatever support I could get from anyone (laughs) well I mean it does make a lot of sense although wow two massive challenges all at the same time so I guess like what was the first thing you decided to do like yeah I want to start my own business this is exciting this is scary um what was the what was the thing that motivated you that made you think I've got an idea there's a niche in the market and it's not being filled like where where did that come from so that came from years back before I left um so probably about three years before I actually did it was the first time I thought hang on maybe I should firstly look at doing this um so you know I was engaging with trainers bringing them into the organization to do training and I was spending time 
you know, taking them around Lloyd's and explaining to them how the insurance market works and why it's different and how relationships are so important and how negotiation is a, you know, a continuous thing rather than a one-off deal and, and, and explaining all these things that, that truly make it a, a very different and a nice place to work. And then I was thinking, hang on, like, I'm missing a bit of a trick here, maybe. Maybe, like, having this knowledge and doing the training, I can link the two up myself. Uh, but had a classic case of imposter syndrome, thinking, but I'm too young. I'll, I'll, I'll think about that when I'm, when I'm older, when I'm grown up, if you like. So I kind of had the idea that that's what I wanted to do one day, but this kind of, this one day, one day thing was, you know, something at the top of a mountain that I might never reach, but just dream about sometimes. And then um, that I had this, I had this really brilliant opportunity that came from the Women in Claims group. Uh, so I always give them a shout out uh, because if it wasn't for them, I don't think I'd be doing this. So I, uh, the Women in Claims group organise lots of events for their members throughout the year. And they'd invited me to run an event on um, a communication tool, SDI, which uh, I ran as an evening event for about probably about 80 of their members um, downstairs in Balls Brothers underneath Minster Court. And then um, it was brilliant, brilliant event. So we ran, ran a session and I'd said to people, you know, I work for Liberty, so I can't, of course, come in and do this across the market, but very happy to answer any questions anyone has afterwards or um, kind of have coffees and, and give you personally some, some guidance if anyone's interested. Uh, and was that uh, the biggest event you'd done to, to date? Um, Probably it was certainly up there with with biggest, but what was different is this is the first time I did anything at Stanley. So I'd been doing things at Liberty for quite some time, and that was my comfort zone and my job, um, and kind of just expected part of the role. This is the first time I was kind of going out there to to the the market and putting something on to an audience of people who had different trainers and different experiences and would have come up come in with their own um, assumptions of what they may or may not get from the session. So it was. You know, probably the first time I was um, really unsure as to how it would go down because I didn't know the audience, whereas I used to know quite often the audience and um, and have a clear idea of, of what we were meant to be, you know, what the objectives were for them. So as I went into this session and told them, you know, this isn't something I can do, I left the session and I was getting emails from people saying, that was brilliant. Can you come in and do it for my team? Can you run this session for us? And I was like, oh, wow, like, uh, no, <laughs> I can't because you know, I have a job. But, but, um, but I was just so, you know, flattered that the people were, were keen for more of it. And it made me think, well, hang on, why do I keep saying one day? Why, why am I telling myself I'm not ready now? Actually, maybe I am. And that was probably about two years before I left. So at that point, I was like, right, I'm going to do this. It's now a matter of how and when. So what do I want the business to look like? What types of things might I want to do? And um, and also when's the right time to leave? Because I, I genuinely loved my job. You know, I was one of those people that um, you know, would just light up as I talked about the job I had and the people I worked with. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something I wanted to leave unless I knew what I was going to do and where I was going to go to. So over time, um, you know, I actually had a conversation with my manager and, and told her that, that that was that was the goal. So we had an appraisal and usually the appraisals kind of consisted of what, what, what am I going to do next year? How am I going to challenge myself and so on? And, um, and then challenge for her of trying to help me come up with ideas to build out the role more. 
Um, and I turned it around that year and said, actually, do you know what? My next role is going to be working for myself. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly when, but I think it's going to happen in the next couple of years. So, um, you know, that's what I really want to focus on. I want to get more experience doing courses. I want to get more experience coaching and, and doing things that I could see transferring into that new business. So essentially getting as much experience as I could in the business before working for myself. And I really amazing that you could talk to your manager on such an open level about the fact that, hey, you know what, actually, I don't want to be working for you anymore in the, in the long scheme. And uh, can I please, can I please work with you to be able to achieve that goal? And hopefully, obviously, along the way, we'll still, I guess, be able to stay in touch and hopefully be able to learn from each other and progress yeah. together. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, she, her body language literally went from being like, what promises am I going to be able to make her this year to oh my god this is brilliant I now know what she wants to do and I can help her with this you know it was like an instant sigh of relief and and it was just so nice to know that we both had that clarity on what was going to happen and um, and she could support me with it you know there were things she could support me with and, and equally I could add to the business by by putting that back in and getting that experience in there as well so it was so good the business was for the moment I joined incredibly entrepreneurial uh, the the things that I got involved with when I joined Liberty it had 150 people and when I left it was I lost count but somewhere between a thousand and two thousand and and you know, as it grew we had the opportunity to grow with it so you know the, the, when I started we didn't have a training department by the time I left you know that I was running a training department we didn't have a grad scheme I got to set one up I got to set up an apprenticeship scheme and, and just create things from scratch and manage a budget and do lots of things that I had responsibility of which um made the transition to running my own business not too scary because you know I, I, I'd been given a lot of autonomy and, and authority in that role that that really helped me that is actually really interesting so right we're going back you've got a six-week-old baby girl and you've got a six-week-old business (laughs) (laughs) and so what was happening then like um how did you go about getting your first clients and making making the courses and understanding what it was that you wanted to be doing in terms of training and moving forward yeah yeah, um, I mean, trial and error was probably the way to describe that first year. Um, so I had some clients that were straight set up, which was brilliant. You know, so um, I, I had some work with Liberty carried on uh, as, as I went independent. So the, that was brilliant support and um, reassurance at, at the beginning. Um, and I also uh, went out to to my network. So there were people that I had been working alongside in the same way that, you know, it's a collaborative market for underwriters and for brokers. It also is, you know, in HR and the LMA was a really big part of that. So I knew a lot of L&D and HR people in the market through um, the support that I'd, I'd be doing through the LMA. So I just got in touch with people and, <laughs> you know, it was, um, it, it, <laughs> it was so, um, uh, it's always cute when I look back at it probably what I was doing but I wanted to go out and tell everyone I was doing this now and I wanted a way of um, making that a bit more personal and just landing in their inbox so I made these little gift bags I got little gift bags from um, uh, from oh, I think they were like paper chase bags and I put in these bags uh, handouts of the type of sessions I was doing um, and a couple of sort of chocolates and, and a little handwritten note basically saying, hey, 
Um, no, it'd be really great if I could uh, have a conversation with you about what, what I'm doing here and, and any help you can give me or any advice you can give me about how to go about and do it. And I would go out with these bags and just drop them into people's receptions. Um, so they would randomly get a message, get in a bag. And normally, you know, corporate gifts are so polished. <laughs> these really weren't, you know, these were sort of something I'd, I'd, I kind of, you know, packed together myself without you know, any sort of expense on branding or anything because I just wasn't set up like that yet. So, um, yeah, so it was a nice way of kind of getting a conversation and a, and a few people you know, replied and said, oh, no, it's lovely to hear from you. Let's have a coffee. And, and it was conversations um, that just kind of opened doors, some of them immediately, uh, others opened doors for work that would, was going to come, you know, 12 months later. But it kind of just started things off. And like I said, I wasn't in a rush to get lots of business in in that first year. So um so so I, I kind of had the time to to just let it take its course and and wait till people had the need so I probably in the first year had I'd say five five or six clients um across across the market that that I was working with and also launched into insurance and that was a big part of what what we were doing that year as well so um so, so what's that in a bit more detail for anybody that doesn't know what into insurance is ah uh, so um so when I was at Liberty, so we managed the grad scheme, the apprenticeship scheme, and it was very apparent to me, as it is to a lot of people in the market, that if people don't come across insurance unless you generally have someone to guide you in that direction, tell you why it's a good industry. Um, and I, um, I, I really kind of felt that there was more that we could do and should do to, to make that more accessible and fair, really, for people. So I used to run Insight Days. Uh, once a quarter where I'd invite in anyone who was interested in a job or going to apply for our grad scheme whatever it might be and just be as transparent as I could about the process they would go through the types of things we would be looking for so that anyone who wanted that information could find it whether or not maybe you had the connections who would give you that that in and that knowledge and I loved doing that um, and then when I left and started up this business I was quite quite aware that that was something I really enjoyed doing that I didn't have a natural place to do anymore. But equally, on the other side, I now working for myself could represent the market rather than an employer. Um, so um, at the time, Anna Wright uh, used to manage the grad scheme at, at Lloyd's. She'd set up uh, on her own around the same time and we you know, had that shared passion. So we looked at putting our heads together to how we can do it. So we launched... Uh, a program that's more about upskilling so once people have got that interest they find out about insurance through any of the initiatives that are running and there, there are so many of them that are out there to get the awareness out we're there to kind of give the information to help people understand how to read the job description the different types of job titles that there are the difference between a broker and, and an insurer and, and the types of things you might get asked to interview and just answer any questions they've got so we created that program um, and rolled that out over over that that year, and um, and the WCI, so the Webshop Company of Insurers, um, came in to sponsor it. So they allowed us to run it multiple times a year, and and we've continued to do so. So it's uh, it's something that I love doing and talk about doing as often as I can because you know I think I think we can help people find their job and start their career and, and feel confident about doing so. 
Do you know, I think one of the most interesting things about your business and you personally is your passion for the job and your passion for those around you and getting people to understand their potential and what they're doing. And I think this is actually a really nice link. I mean, you've just sat there and talked about that and I can see on your face the passion. Um, it's lovely because it's not your direct business at all, is it? It's, it's an aside that just dovetails so naturally and shows you as a person and, and actually the business itself, all the things that the business do, it links so nicely. So it's almost starting people out from the very, very beginning of their career. And then I suppose moving on, because obviously there's there's a large portion of your business that's that's helping people through their exams, isn't it? And the CII side of things. So um, where does that fit in, in terms of, I mean, I guess COVID was possibly a really big part of where the business moved forward from going from face to face to maybe a bit more online or am I jumping the gun there yeah no that's fair so <laughs> so uh two years into the business baby number two was coming um and you know I had I had multiple clients at this point and and things booked in and um organizations particularly then, we used to schedule training in so far in advance because, you know, you'd have to book a room and get things in people's diaries. It was much, much harder back then to, to plan things. So I had essentially um, months scheduled and planned in um, around returning to work and getting that work-life balance that I could manage and how many days a week, how many courses a week and how far I could travel and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, 2020 was, was a really well-planned year. Um, and then, of course, like everybody... It just everything was thrown out the window because of COVID and uh, all my dates had disappeared. So um, I, as a, you know, at that point, it was just me. So, so two years ago, I was working entirely on my own in the business. And because of that, it was really easy to say, do you know what, we'll do it all online and this is how we're going to do it and made some courses that were relevant. So things like pandemic parenting, so how, how to kind of balance parenting at home with the pandemic going on around your work life and 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 how to not feel um to overwhelmed by all of that stuff that was happening and how to make keep motivated when you're working on your own maybe in your kitchen or wherever you don't want to be all the time and and coming up with topics that were relevant to, to them and um and getting them out really quickly so within a couple of weeks days were out in the market and um there were lots of bookings coming in from current clients but also lots of new clients where HR people were asking each other what they were doing that kind of really allowed me to get a lot of clients and um people were really receptive to online learning and I've got to be honest I didn't didn't see that coming it's such a face-to-face industry to go online is always such a gradual thing in any part of what we do so to do it overnight I, I just had no idea it was going to be so um so well received and that kind of got me thinking in particular with Grace. Her Grace and I were looking at it thinking, oh, okay, online learning's maybe a bit of a thing. Like, should we have a look at this? And we you know, really, really kind of thought about, we'd been talking for some time about how CII revision was maybe not caught up with the modern day um, expectations of people coming into the workplace, how we get information, how we retain information, how much we like video, how much we love YouTube, TikTok, all these other things that are available for us now. And um, yeah, and that, that kind of gave us the, the, the kind of, I guess, 
confidence to think let's have a go we can have a go now and, and we started making online courses and um, we started with just a couple of modules to see what the response was and also what, what we were signing ourselves up to um and realized we were signing ourselves up to a lot <laughs> so it took about two years we're nearly there we're still going making more modules but uh but yeah if it wasn't for covid we wouldn't have started that and now it's a huge part of the business and um and you know allows us to to help people all, all over the world as well so it's it's a lot kind of it, it's it's just so so fun when you get a message saying you know somebody in uh, Mauritius has just bought a course you're like this is really cool <laughs> it is really strange and I suppose one of the advantages of being a small business and a setup is that you can make decisions quickly and you can be agile and think on your feet and you don't have to go through layers and layers of bureaucracy to get what you want to do you can make a decision and make it happen which must be so refreshing and so exciting to be able to go yeah I see this direction for my business and then wow six months later a load of hard work and a load of effort and you're seeing the fruits of that so that must be pretty rewarding I guess it it is it's, it's probably a double-edged sword because as much as I can look back and think, wow, look at all this stuff we've done, the list of what we want to do it is... Even longer? Yeah. It just, whatever, for every one thing we tick off, two new things go on that list. Um, and I'm not good at that, you know, so I talk in some of the courses about mind traps and some of the things that, that we say to ourselves that, that hold us hold us back or make us, make us feel anxious. And, and mine is should... The word should, I should be doing this. I should have done that faster. I should have done that better. So you know, I can sit there and go, yeah, that's, that's all really good. Yeah, but I should have done that faster. I should have, should have done more. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It is really cool. Um, but I probably am not good enough at stopping and like taking, it's taking stock. Sure. So, okay. Stopping and taking stock what would you say was possibly your biggest success so far since starting up Empower Development? I like what you did there. Okay. Ah, um, uh, biggest success as a moment, if I summed it up as a moment, it would definitely be the Women Insurance Awards last year. Um, So uh, the Women Insurance Awards, we were nominated for a, a bunch of categories uh, shortlisted for four so went into that as you know just a real moment of sort of celebration as as it was so um it bought a table for empowered development which just to just imagine like two years ago it was just me we had a table of people to like a team of people who'd worked on this and supported this um, and even that on its own was just mad. So, you know, see all your big company names out there in the programme who've bought table, and then there's us, like by far the smallest company on the list, but it just felt so cool to be there. And um, so, yeah, so then we were shortlisted for four and and we won, well, won two. So I won one and the business won one. And uh, I just, I still can't really articulate it. I was so speechless because... The, the people we were up against, companies we were up against, was just um, incredible. So, so we won the award for gender inclusion initiatives, and that was for the course of women with presence. And um, and really, that's you know, a program that is all about making things practical for people. So, there's a lot of talk about what you should do, 
to advance your career and you know that you should beat imposter syndrome you should feel more confident you should build your network um but i think what the market really lacks is how how so how how do i build my network how do i beat imposter syndrome and um i really sort of pride the business on being practical and just you know literally giving people tips well this is how you go into a meeting and break the ice this is how you introduce yourself and this is the impact on your credibility and authority when you do this in a meeting and and make it really easy for people to go okay I'm going to pick a couple of things I'm going to do them um and it'll make a difference so that's really what I think what was acknowledged um and it was the judges when they said that in their comments just as they were explaining it as they were saying it I was like oh I don't think this is us and then when it when they said us I was like oh my god is that is that, what, is that us some of people think of us and then, um, oh, anyone that was there, I'm, uh, people who didn't know me were coming up and just saying that, what my face looks like. It was, it was brilliant. It was really breathtaking. Um, is, is that a course that you still run then? Yes. So that's one of our most popular courses. Um, and we run that um, globally now as well, because a lot of the companies where we run it for companies in London, it gets passed over to head office and, and then we roll it out in the US. So that's a big part of what we do. Um uh, as well as women networks and gender groups, so we run sort of snippets of it for them as well. Um, I've um, I've just diverted there, by the way, because you said you won two awards. Sorry, and I just oh, yeah. tangents. <laughs> Sorry, back to the other award. So the other one was one for me, which was just really nice because it's like the one for the business, one for me, um, and that was a Trailblazer Award, which is again just one of those things where it's like you don't take stock of what you've done, and when they sort of said like what what what's happened and like launching the business and the products and stuff and it's like yeah okay I probably am a trailblazer but I would never call myself that you know so hearing that that was um just brilliant and it was so so cool because in that room we had obviously there was our table and yeah we made a lot of noise people commented on that um but across the room there were people who because I work I get the the you know the real privilege of working across the market I work with individuals that work at all different companies all different stages of their career and there were people across the room that I'd worked with um who were cheering and so you either had people who had no idea who we were who were like what is going on or people that were like you know jumping up and down like yeah it was really cool and and, and then at the end of the the evening someone came up to I think it was Joe wasn't it they came up to Joe and they said um congratulations guys but um who are you and I was like I love that it's a noisy table yeah like like people need to know you know who we are and what we're doing and and um and that's really the goal for this year is you know I think I'm really proud of I'm really proud of what we're doing I'm really proud of the products and the feedback and so on um, and we've been doing it for the part of the market that really I had those relationships with and were referred over to and and the goal this year is for it to be more accessible across across the wider market as well so yeah that was brilliant. Quite a big challenge I suppose is getting your name out there and getting people to know who you are and what you do and the fact that you're here to make people's lives easier not not add an extra burden of training or this that the other um how do you go about that yeah I think training as well you know um it doesn't always have a good reputation it's fair to say um sometimes you know there's there's training that we we have to do that impacts what we want to do um and um yeah it's kind of you know letting people know 
what we're all about, what the what the value is really of the business, and and essentially, you know, you 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 actually use the words that I, I use to describe my own values. It is about helping people achieve their potential, um, getting people there, but in a way that's fun and relatable and doesn't feel like you're sort of sitting through training, but just feeds into what you're doing that you can uh, enjoy and 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 make um sort of flexible fit into your life and, and very practical as well so I guess we're where we are in terms of people knowing who we are we've got a brilliant relationship and reputation with certain people that use us and that's that's what I'm really proud of um like on Instagram you know there, there's there's people that message us when they pass their exam because they just want to tell us because they're involved in you know they're so excited about how we've been involved in that process or um engaging with us in terms of sharing their career goals or the challenges and just keeping us involved in their journey because they connected with us and that is is really what I love and I want to I want that to be kind of out there a bit more so you know my my vision for the business is that everybody that joins the insurance industry that is looking to advance their career and whether that be through CII absolutely but even not and through the professional development tools that we have they know who we are and they know how we can help them for free because there is so much that we, you know, we want to offer for everybody for free and um, whether that be through our giveaways or uh, through the free content that we put out on our social media or our YouTube channel where we have loads of free content. Um, but then, you know, if you want extra help and you want to find out how to do that, people contact us to find out what that is. So, so really awareness is, is a big thing for us and, I don't, I've got to be honest, I don't know how we do it. Again, it would be trial and error. <laughs> so anybody listening to this, if you've got any ideas, um, <laughs> Sam, let her know. Yeah, it is, you know, sometimes sometimes we do a post on LinkedIn and it'll get like loads of views and loads of interaction. Sometimes we'll do a post that I think is better and it'll get nothing. You know, you just don't know. Absolutely. So, I mean, are there any are there any things that you're doing this year that are going to be quite big for the company? I mean, have you got any sneak previews of what you're up to, where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing? Yeah. Well, so one thing we did last year that we um, uh, are going to build on this year is um, you know, getting out there, getting out to the market, um, and that's through exhibitions. So we did Broker Expo last year, um, which was the first time we've done an exhibition. You were there, and um, you know, and and really fun um, to just sort of see so many people in, in person, uh, especially after all this time of COVID. Um, and this year we're doing Bieber. So we will be uh, at Bieber basically telling people um, what, what we've got uh, on, on offer, how we can help and, and listening to what their challenges are around training and how we might be able to support what those are as well. So um, Bieber's... It brings in a lot of people so if anyone listens to this is coming to Biba in fact we had this at Broker Expo so the very first person that came up to our stand and um, was somebody who is connected uh with me on, on LinkedIn and I'd been saying on LinkedIn if you're there just come along and say hello uh and and he did this guy shout out to Tom Tom walked over to the stand and said hey I um uh, been connected to you for a while on LinkedIn you said to come say hello and I just wanted to and and um, it was just so lovely to think oh gosh this is really cool like, there's there's real people on LinkedIn yeah uh, no and he gave he gave me such a boost for the day um so you no know, big thank you Tom that was a big help and you know at Bieber uh, you know it's, it's 
it's the same, I hope. If, if anyone's listening to this and you've never, you know, met in person, please come and say hello. Um, it's so nice when the market feels that much smaller, but it's also nice to they put 3D people to names. So uh, we'll hopefully put, be able to meet a lot more of our kind of connections and, and followers and people who've attended our courses there. Oh, fantastic. Well, I think I've been pretty easy on you so far. So like, what do you think is possibly the biggest mistake that you've made when you're trying to market the business or get the business going? Is there anything that sticks out as, uh, I know it's really easy to talk about your successes, but areas that it didn't go quite to plan? Yeah. So um, there's one I discovered about, about oh, what, eight weeks ago, probably before, before recording this. <laughs> Um, so, uh, people that listen to this may well know that, that a big part of the business is the online courses for the CII, um, and online courses are made up of videos and short summaries to make uh, bring the books to life. You know, we, we we don't like reading the books too many times. Let's be honest. So, anything that we can have that makes them a little bit more engaging and, and memorable in visuals and audio um, is often welcome. So, we've got these products and. We market them out and um, it's a big job because for the last four or five decades, everyone has revised in the same way with the same books and the same classroom training. So when anyone goes to look to revision, often the people who are managing them will tell them the way they did it and they'll look for that same way. And we're here trying to, you know, almost disrupt and say, hey, look, there's a new way. Like, just just check it out. Like, there's loads of free free stuff. You can just come check it out. And and then if you like it, it's for you, brilliant. And if not, ignore us. It's fine. Carry on. <laughs> so uh, we've been no, pushing this marketing piece. And I had a group of people I was training at the end of last year for a few weeks, uh, different sessions, once a week. And on week one, I gave them all access to the their course, whichever module they were studying for. I set them up and said, you've got free access to this for the next four weeks while I'm doing these courses with you. Like, go in, make the most of it. It'll really help you. And sort of got a few weeks in and some of them hadn't logged in. So I was like, guys, what's going on? Like, why haven't you logged in here? And then, you know, they we had a really good relationship, quite an honest relationship at this point. So one of them one of them said the reason, um, and they said, um, I don't want to do any extra work. I was like, no, no, like this is gonna save you time. This will save you so much time. This is gonna really simplify what you've got to do. This is an extra. And it was a real moment where I was like, oh, actually that's how we often look at training. You know, it's something extra we have to do, extra we have to fit in, but we don't look at the value it creates, how it's gonna reduce the amount of time we have to spend on something or create value somewhere else that will make our lives easier. We're always just thinking about the initial short-term output. Oh, yeah, the time that you're going to have to spend or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I opened it up and I was like, look, look, look what it's doing. Because sum up the whole book in an hour. Like, <laughs> like you can watch that. Watch that day before your exam. It's going to make it much easier for you. And and, and they were, you know, um, <laughs> excited, but also kicking themselves that maybe they'd missed it out a little bit before. So um, so I managed to get in and, and access it after that. But it, it was a real moment for me where I thought, actually, do you know what? I'm probably a little bit, cautious about not saying to people um I don't want to make I don't want to make big claims um and again this is probably a bit of imposter syndrome coming in but I don't want to make claims like we're going to save you so many hours and make everything so much easier for you and, and, and make your big statements. yeah you know I just I want to make it 
um, I'm just cautious, really, about about how I sell it, and and they're, and they're, therefore I think I, I undersell it, um, and I need to, you know, be more um, upfront and confident about saying what it is, what it is. You know, it, this this going to save you time. It's going to make it better for you. It's going to make it easier. It's going to make it more fun. It's going to make it more um, accessible for you to do at different times of the day. You know, so um, so that's a real lesson, and. It's not one, it's one that I'm now aware of, but it's probably not one I've fixed, so. It's not easily solved, to be honest, is it? Yeah, so it's something on my mind, on my mind for the, you know, how, how we look at pushing this out going forward. You know, it is, it is quite interesting. And again, it, it flips back to the fact that you are in charge of your own destiny because how you take that information and what you do with it will affect the course of your business going forward and the success of your business and the success of all the people that you're you're trying to offer this help to that if if you don't sell it right they're not going to take you up on it so yeah yeah, yeah massive hey eh? yeah <laughs> yeah and I was like why have I only just heard this now I wish I knew this six months ago I yeah the thing with the thing when you when you hear something like that is as soon as you say it and you say it out loud and you say it to yourself it makes so much sense it's so obvious but it's really difficult because when you're you're in that tunnel and you're in that process and you know the value of what you're doing um it's almost you don't see it from another person's point of view necessarily so it's quite hard to just put on somebody else's shoes and go oh oh yeah yeah well it's blind spots you know I talk about blind spots a lot in training because um we'll all have things in our blind spots and occasionally people might bring them into something we're aware of but often we are so keen to defend ourselves and explain why that's not true uh, that we knock them back into a blind spot and actually the more in our blind spots the 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 harder it is for us to have that self-awareness and develop so you know I'm I'm a big fan of being told things that I might not necessarily otherwise pick up of um you know so you know I I love it when, when when you get that kind of feedback that can be hard to to take on I like I kind of um I use an analogy when you look at feedback in in courses because um I see this trend in insurance where we're all very nice people you know it's a relationship focused industry that's why people work in it people are nice to each other and if you are nice to each other you will probably find it hard to deliver what you see as bad messages and that often means that people don't get as much feedback as they need or want um so yeah, yeah in, in, indirect yeah wrap it up in something else and hope they pick it out um and you know I, I I kind of look at that at the idea that imagine you go in and you do a presentation you're delivering a presentation for a really top client you spent weeks preparing for it you've been practicing for it you're really proud of it you go in you deliver and you nail it everything is brilliant and you walk out thinking that you've totally got this right and you look down and you realize you've got toilet roll hanging off your shoe and you say to your colleague oh no look and then your colleague goes oh yeah I saw it but I didn't know how to tell you yep that's what happens you know when we're not telling people what they need to hear when we're not saying things that are in your blind spot people just don't want to say it and actually you're you know you let people walk around with toilet roll on the shoe so um, if anyone wants to point anything else out that's in my blind spots, I'm keen to hear it. Feel free. <laughs> yeah. My LinkedIn inbox is welcoming of, of, of all of these things. So no, very happy to hear it. Because say if you hear it, 
you have a choice then. You have a choice. Do I want to do something about this or not? And then what do I want to do about it? So, yeah, if you don't know, say, keep the stick on your back. You don't know it's there. <laughs> Too true. Well, I suppose before we wrap this up, here's one for you. Tell your listeners something that they won't know about you. Something out of Empower Development. Um, what would we not know? I'm going to link this. It's going to be linked this in with you as well because I, um, I, I, I talk about you sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, I talk about you. Okay, so, um, so a few years back, um, what did it be? Probably eight years back, uh, I got divorced. I was married young, very young, um, for a few years, and then um, got divorced very out of the blue from my perspective. And um, I was in that situation where, where, as I say to people, control what you can control, accept what you can't control. And I was really looking at it thinking, wow, like I'm quite young to be getting divorced. All of, I knew where my life was heading and all of a sudden it's going in a different direction and not through my choice, you know, so what am I going to do about this? And um, uh, I thought at the time, all right, well, I'm going to make sure I've got some things to look forward to because uh, I, I know my conflict sequence fairly well through all the psychometrics I do. I knew that I was probably going to spend a fair bit of time analysing what has happened, planning what I'm going to do. And I knew that in a few months' time, the emotion will probably kick in takes a little bit longer for me I'm, I'm very much a process person at step one and then and I wanted to make sure I had had some things to look forward to lined up for that so I planned in a couple of holidays um for a couple of months uh ahead of time and I actually planned in I think it was three um so uh the third one was with you we went to Paris and I said to you um well I don't know if you remember this conversation as much as I do because it literally impacted my life for four years but we were sat having a coffee maybe a glass of wine I think it was a coffee and then um, and I said oh, you know I'm going away for, you know every month for three months and I've got another one there like oh I could probably do this once a month all year and I said it in jest and you went well why don't you and I was like oh well and I kind of fumbled I was like well um you know I'm I'm not sure where I'm gonna go who am I gonna go with what am I, yeah and you were like well you know, why don't you, why don't you just try it? And I was like, well, yeah, but then I'd have to go on away on my own, like for like little trips. And you were like, well, why don't you? And I was like, I don't really have a good answer. I can't really articulate the answer. Um, and that made me think, you know, I need to at least find out what I think my pro- problem, the idea of this is. And and most of it was, I didn't want to travel on my own. I'm a huge extrovert. And I'm, I was always used to being around people. And the idea of going on holiday on my own was just, just, just incomprehensible I, I couldn't imagine doing it and I thought well, well then I need to try it don't I I need to find out if it's as scary as I think it is and um so I did um and I went to uh, Rome um I think I planned this out with you so because because in Rome there's so much to do that I could have a busy schedule and I wouldn't necessarily know I'm on my own before I knew yes, it was over I remember it. there we go so went to Rome and you know what I had the best time I had the best time on my own and I was like <gasps> Gosh, I didn't realise I'd like my own company this much. And don't get me wrong, it was weird. It took a while to get used to it, but but I loved it. And um, uh, so I decided to do it once a month, every month for that year. And I would, you know, fit it in around work. So I might fly to Luxembourg on a Saturday morning and come back on a Sunday afternoon. It wasn't like I was doing glamorous trips. I came up with a game called Skyscanner Roulette. And the idea of Skyscanner Roulette was, I don't really care where I go every month. I just need to go somewhere. So I would just put in everywhere as the destination and see what Skyscanner would give me as the cheapest flights. 
you know, I could get a twenty pound flight somewhere in, in, in Europe if you don't mind where you go and when you're going. Yeah, you know, flights are cheap. So I booked these trips and did it for the year, and then I didn't want to stop, so I did it for the next year and the next year, the next year. I did it for four years. So for four years, I went away, went abroad once a month, um, and I actually only stopped when I was pregnant. Um, and I, I remember felt- you showing me your phone actually, and it again, it must, it was pre kids, and I remember you saying, "Look, since that conversation, this is where I've been." And you had a list on your um, on your notes app, and it was just like the city and who you were with, city who you were with, date, and it went on and on and on. And I actually remember you saying at the time that was from our conversation in Paris. And I was like, oh sweet Jesus, that was a th- that was a throwaway comment. Yeah, <laughs> look at this, that's amazing. No, you coached me. Yeah, it was brilliant. So every month for four years, went somewhere different. The problem is with it still I just did it every month I didn't get a chance to stop and reflect on it and you asked me you know where did I go what did I do I'd probably have to sit down for an hour and try and map all that out so it was a bit of a a blur of 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 my life really that I would like to sit down and think about and um and make some notes on so I don't forget it um you could have written an amazing travel blog I started (laughs) I did start. I wrote three pages on one, and and then um, no, I, I I couldn't I couldn't continue. I'm I find it really hard to write about because also the other thing about it is you know, you know I'd have to write about my sort of feelings through it and so on for it, and um, yeah, I'm not very good at doing that. So yeah, I did try, but I couldn't do it. So I thought I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing it for a blog. I'm just going to do it for me. Um, but I do, re- I do wish I, I wrote notes for me. Um, yeah, I did. I've got, I've got the odd thing saved on my phone that I just kind of scribbled down because it was such a brilliant memory and I didn't want to lose it. Um, so occasionally I find those when I look at old phones and stuff. And that's cool. But I, yeah, I, that's going to go on my should list. There we go. I should, I should do something about that. Thank you so much, Sam. It has been an absolute honour to turn the tables on you and um, have this conversation with you. I've had a really enjoyable, I don't even know how long it's been, it must be coming up 45 minutes, hour, something like that. Sorry listeners, hope you found it as interesting as us, um, or me at least. But Sam, before you go, um, I know on your on your talks you do tend to ask your listeners if they've got one piece of advice or tip or something along those lines that they'd like to offer out as a parting closing statement or point have you got anything that you would like to add <laughs> yes okay so my my number one tip which is really everything feeds into this tip and that's about um being comfortable being uncomfortable so to progress in any part of our lives you've got to get outside your comfort zone otherwise you know we, we stay where we are with what we're doing and what we're able to do so um if you think something's going to be a bit scary that's the reason to do it. If you haven't done something before, that's the reason to do it. Whenever you think you're going to be doing something that's uncomfortable, then that's the reason you want to be doing it. So just take those opportunities that you're going to be nervous about. Get used to doing them because the worst case scenario in your head is never realistic and it's never going to happen. And when you do do it, you know, you'll always have that, that pride and that awareness of how much you can do when you give it a go so the more you do it the easier it is to do and the longer 
we we hold back from going outside the smaller our comfort zones get so um just set yourself a mission really for for the next couple of days after you listen to this and think of one thing that you've been meaning to do that you're a bit scared of doing whether that's going on holiday on your own or doing a presentation um or maybe even start your own podcast just have a go get something set up and and get comfortable with the uncomfortable i like that advice that's good well thank you so much sam once again and i hope everybody enjoys listening to this if anybody has any further questions for sam then you will find her on linkedin for sure if you're not there already so yeah get in touch it's been lovely speaking to you all and engaging and we will speak again soon bye-bye thanks Claire.